Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Let's stand together from Isaiah 60, verse number one. We'll start there. Arise, shine, for your light has come. What a great promise, not only for Israel, but for us. Because, of course, we have with it the promise of Jesus coming into the world. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. What a great promise. In a world of darkness and gloom, God's promise to bring light to his people. The Gentiles shall come to your light. In other words, the lost will be gathered around you, and kings of the brightness of your rising Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. What a great promise of restoration. Thank the Lord. Amen. Father, your word is truth. So Holy Spirit, help us. Please open our eyes to give us the ability to conceive of what you're saying to us, that our mission in this culture is, is, is our responsibility that we are to take the gospel to our community and to embrace our mission. Thank you for sanctifying our hearts and minds so we hear and do what you're asking us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. It's one of my favorite passages. I've preached from it before. I love it. I've looked at some of these concepts with you before, but I've got a fresh message from the Lord for you. And remember, light has come into the world in the form of Jesus. Amen? Amen? He is the light of the world. In a world that has no hope, we have the light of the world that we know, we carry with us, we display, and we should share everywhere we go. This passage always brings me challenge. It also gives me reason for optimistic perspective because God has a plan and favor for every one of us in the body of Christ. This whole chapter speaks to the church about its attractiveness and purpose in our world. We are to be attractive to our culture. We have a purpose in our culture. And there's a secret revealed to each of us here today, and it speaks to business people, people who are stay-at-home parents, whatever the occasion, whatever your role in life, it speaks to every one of them. And this message appeals and applies to each of us, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. And if you missed last Sunday in the morning... You need to get that message. It's one of the most revealing truths I've ever preached in my 24 years here. It's a word from the Lord. Let me share out of that as a foundation and out of this, a secret that changes your direction in life and how you do business in our culture. This has to do with every aspect as who we are as complete people. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. In a world that's ever increasingly dark, this passage promises the lost will come to the light that is offered by the church. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Wow. And even influencers will be attracted to your brightness. So arise and shine. Another way of translating that, stand up, stand out, be seen, be known. God's saying to his people, I don't want my people to go hide in a closet, even though that's what the culture is telling the church to do. In a dark world, your light is to shine brightly. So we must display, in order to do that, a spirit of excellence. Our culture responds to a spirit of excellence. The culture rewards people of excellence. 
you want to attract the attention of others, display a spirit of excellence. Well, pastor, what does that mean, spirit of excellence? First, you do what you're gifted to do well. Okay? And secondly, do what you're gifted to do with a good attitude. Because if you do what you're gifted to do well and you do it with a good attitude, the spirit of excellence will shine through you into our dark world. And you'll stand up and you'll stand out. You'll arise and shine. All you have to do in our culture is to be excellent at what you're gifted to do, and you will stand up and stand out in the culture because there's so little of that any longer. Now watch this. It's important. Your performance determines your platform. The performance you display at your job, performance you display at the workplace determines the influence you have among people. Your performance determines your influence. So people will listen to you based on your performance. How, you, how well you do. There are obvious people in business, in the sports world, in education, in medicine, in all kinds of fields and of endeavor. If people perform there with excellence, they have influence. And out of that influence, a platform that others may never have. And if you have that influence, you can use it to shine the light of Jesus into a dark place. If they're at the top of their game, no one's going to attempt to stop them from speaking about Jesus in their lives. When they receive an award or they've made a big play or created a breakthrough moment, no one pulls the microphone away from them. When the achiever says, first of all, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to hear money complaints because their performance determines their influence. And you can't gain that kind of influence and platform without achieving some measure of success. When you receive the award for most sales, you're the MVP. You hit the walk-off home run. You scored the game-winning touchdown. You've achieved the breakthrough. You have the ability to give God praise in that moment. God gets glory because everybody wants to hear from the achiever. They want to get near the successful. But if your error caused the loss in the playoff game, if you missed that last second shot, if you didn't quite finish that class in order to graduate, your influence is diminished. No one wants to know what your secret is. <laughs> and the people in both columns can be born again, both of them, going to the same heaven. But one has influence and one doesn't. So begin to stand up and stand out. And you'll gain influence in your culture. When you become excellent at what you do, you arise and you shine. And if you choose to not improve your skill sets, not ask God to anoint your giftings, you choose to stagnate and just sit on the bench, your influence is then limited. It doesn't mean one's more born again than the other, but one may go to heaven all by themselves and the other may have used that platform of influence to bring many people to heaven with them. So if you're going to influence people and love and live and lead, you're going to have to gain excellence at what you're gifted to do. Sharpen it and then ask the Holy Spirit to anoint it. Arise and shine and stand up and stand out. And when you do, God will use you to shine a light in a dark world where people will be drawn to the Lord in your life. Learn to do what you're gifted to do and do it well. And if you're assigned to an office, be the best. Be reliable, faithful, loyal. If you're assigned to sales or to construction or to teach or to work a shift, to nurse, be reliable, 
dependable, excellent in your gifting, because this matters in our culture. This is what standing up and standing out is all about. If you're perpetually late, your work is not completed on time. You become undependable. You have a bad attitude. You get prickly. You're not going to have influence in that place for good. Some have developed negative reputations in their work history. And sooner or later, nobody wants to hire them in the local area because everywhere they look, their history is, oh my goodness, known for being late, unpaid debts, rudeness, don't take pride in either the quality of their work or their appearance. And the perspective is, is this person going to make it or not? That needs to be answered quickly in the life of a believer. Yes, we are. And not only are we going to make it, not only are we going to succeed, we're going to do well, extremely well. We're going to excel. For all of us, we need to portray the spirit of excellence at the assignment God's given us. Those in God's word influence their generation. They were people of excellence. Let me give you several examples. Look at David. It says this about David. Sing a new song of praise to the Lord. Play skillfully on the harp. How? Skillfully. And sing with joy. That was David's standard. David wasn't a giant slayer to begin with. He wasn't a famous king at first. But he was excellent in taking care of his father's sheep to begin with. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. How dare you come near the herds of my father? And while he was doing his shepherding, he became excellent playing his musical instrument for the Lord as he worshiped God. He learned to play skillfully. In doing so, he arose... And he shone brightly. And the king heard how gifted David was in bringing the presence of the Holy Spirit into his life. And so he invites David to come to the palace. Now watch this. Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now watch this description of this young man who was skillful in playing. He was excellent in what he did. A mighty man of valor. He was, what does that mean? Valor. Exceptional. He had, ex, he had heroic courage. He was a man of war. In other words, this guy had skillfully practiced the art of going to war and stopping adversaries. He was prudent in speech, which means he thought before he spoke. Thought out what he was going to say and how he was going to say it. And he was a handsome person. He took pride in his appearance. And the Lord is with him. David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. It took David hours of practice to become skillful at playing that instrument. That excellence was the natural gifting God used to bring supernatural power into the palace of King Saul and then eventually to the whole nation of Israel. David would eventually accede to the throne of Israel because he possessed a spirit of excellence. And I think of the church. And sometimes there's been a tendency to settle for less than excellence when it comes to serving God. If we would serve King Saul with excellence, for sure we should serve King Jesus with excellence. We should rehearse and prepare. We should bring our best game for the Lord. We should come to worship having prepared our attitude and our heart. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. I was aligned with this when I 
when we took our first pastorate. We had about 100 people, and we taught others to step it up and to do what we do for the Lord with excellence. We believe in excellence. And excellence does not begin when you have obtained bigger things. It begins when you have little and you are excellent with what God's given you. You begin to stand up and stand out because little things matter. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large things. When you stand to teach, have something to say. When you stand to sing, be rehearsed. When you come to usher or to greet, check your appearance. Have someone help you and look you over to make sure it looks good. Have some breath mints. (laughs) Offer them to your fellow servers. We need grace for the ministry that we offer. And we should approach it with excellence, with a good attitude, with joy, with a spirit that brings relief and peace to people that we're meeting on our campus. And that impresses them, like we heard yesterday during your celebration. When Bridget Camp came to church the first time, you got her name. When she came back the second visit, you remembered her name. That impressed her because the grays took note to pay attention. So may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another. Learn to do what you do with a spirit of excellence. Not, well, this is for the church, so it's good enough. Right? Get that attitude adjusted. It's for the Lord. And there are some among us that are gifted to decorate. In everything you do, it looks great. You do it with a spirit of excellence. We need excellence in the house of God. If we're going to attract the attention of the culture, arise and shine. Stand up. Stand out. If you're in business, do it well. If you're an educator, do it well. Whatever field God has placed you in, do it well. Do your best. And by doing it that way and paying attention to details, you gain influence. It's a biblical principle. David played skillfully. God used his his, his skillful ability and his excellence to impact multitudes of generations because of the excellent worship he offered to God and we're still reading and singing the songs he wrote thousands of years ago because it was done with excellence for the Lord. Daniel, the key component that's mentioned concerning Daniel. He was taken captive as a Hebrew by the Babylonian Empire and brought back to the center of that empire. He was quickly promoted to the next highest office in that empire, a heathen empire. His wisdom was unsurpassed. Now watch this. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an what? Read it aloud. An excellent what? Was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Wow. Wow. Daniel possessed the spirit of excellence with an excellent attitude. Daniel, brimming with spirit and intelligence, so completely outclassed the other vice regents and governors that the king decided to put him in charge of the whole kingdom. Boy, what a testimony that is. Daniel fasted. Daniel prayed. He refused to eat the king's offering of meat. He maintained his standards 
And what's so great about that episode, when he and the other three Hebrews refused to eat the king's meat offered to idols, when they showed up 10 days later, he, he put them all to a test watch. At the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them, these three Hebrews plus Daniel, 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all of his realm. Ten times better. The most powerful king in the world was drawn to these Hebrews in a natural way because in the natural, to him, they were sharper. They were at the top of their game. And if they had not had it together, if they approached their captivity with the attitude, I'm a slave, I've been ripped out of my homeland, listen, I'm depressed, just leave me alone. If there wasn't a difference that distinguished them, they would have never been promoted. Their purpose of taking that stand with that king was that they could do more with Jehovah God than using the king's methods. They were quicker, wiser, sharper, more intelligent, more excellent than all the king's men. And the spirit of excellence put them into the highest position possible in that empire. It was an idol-worshiping nation. They were hedonistic, but they were of an excellent spirit the whole time they were there influencing the Babylonians. Joseph, what a prime example of continuing to pursue God's dream for his life in spite of obstacles and pain and setbacks. In every situation, Joseph was placed into, listen, but God was with him. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor. He was arrested for a crime he didn't commit. He becomes the head chief officer of the prison while he's in jail. They sold him as a slave to Potiphar. Potiphar makes him the head steward over all of his house and all of his property. See the excellence that's in Joseph. It didn't matter where they placed Joseph. He went to the top because he excelled. And some say, well, if somebody would just give me a break, if you can't do it where you are, you won't do it anywhere else. Because this principle works. When you display a spirit of excellence and an attitude of excellence, you will stand up and you will stand out. Excellence will bring God's hand of promotion on your life. Whatever Joseph did, it's recorded that he did it so well that everybody took note. And since everything he did prospered, Joseph's authority continued to increase in all of Egypt. And people holding a place of authority always wanted Joseph next to them. That magnetism of excellence, people of authority will want you close to them. He accedes to the second in command over the entire Egyptian empire. And others seeing that in you will pull you into their circle because you stand out among the rest. They want your opinion because you display a spirit of excellence. You're hired by your employer not to walk around during office hours praying and speaking in tongues and praising God. You are hired to do an excellent job. And if you do an excellent job, they'll call you in close to them because those in authority are drawn to you because there's excellence in the way you do business. Because you can quote scripture all day, but if your supervisors walk by and they see your work is not done well, 
You're the last to arrive. You're the first to leave. You're always looking for ways to do less. You can't balance a checkbook. You're sloppy in the way you do your life. And we all face times, by the way, that are tough and we go through difficulties. But if that's your posture all the time, you're not going to become an influencer in your corporation or company. They're looking for excellence. People who stand up, who stand out. And when they see you, you've got your stuff together, you've got your family together, you've done your homework, you come to work prepared, you look down the road, you're enthusiastic about life and purpose. People in authority will notice that and want to promote you because you're helping them. See? And that's the avenue into their heart. When I worked for two Rubenstein brothers in Springfield, Missouri, and the Lewis little Hebrew import called Izzy, who ran the management of all the men's shoe department. And I got in there and I worked for those two Jewish guys. And uh, when other guys would walk out the back door, I'd run to the client. When other guys came in late, I was on time. When they wanted to leave, I stayed even after the doors were locked with the client. So what does that get? They want you to start picking out the next men's line for the next season because you excel because you did more than people who'd been there for years. See, people are looking for ways to find somebody who will stand up and stand out for them and their company. You need to be that person. Solomon, 1 Kings. Now all the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom. Everybody wanted to listen to this guy. So the Queen of Sheba comes from hundreds of miles away to see the kingdom of Solomon. She had heard the stories. So she wanted to see his palace and the temple and the kingdom of Israel. And the word said, what astonished her, watch, what astonished her. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. When she saw how happy his servants were in their work, in their serving, their attire, how clean, how sharp. Listen, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel his cupbearers, his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. It took her breath away. There was no more spirit in her. The queen saw the happiness, the appearance, the excellence when she saw the buildings that were constructed for God. And through wisdom, a house is built, the scripture says. Wisdom builds a house. And it's not about the square footage. Those God has placed under your roof. Wisdom builds a house, and those under your covering prosper as you build wisely. Not that your children won't go through stuff, but if you build that house wisely, whoever is under your roof will eventually do well because you're praying for and leading them in truth. Now, some people think excellence is not spiritual. That's not spiritual. That spirituality makes up for laziness and slackness. Some people think that. Spirituality does not make up for being slack on your job. Well, I'm sorry I'm late today. I was reading the Bible. I'm sorry. That doesn't work, okay? That's not excellence. And I'm not getting very many amens this morning, but that is good preaching, pastor. That is good preaching. Thank you. When the queen of Sheba watched Solomon's ascent to the temple of God. Now watch. She sees the beauty of the well-kept grounds, the magnificent buildings, the servants, their attire, their enthusiasm, their joy. 
What a testimony it was to her. Some think being spiritual is just all serious business. I'm fighting demons this week. Well, that's good. Maybe it would be great if you'd be happy once in a while on your job. And you were upbeat and you were sharp. God then will use your light for influence for those people because you arise and you shine in a dark world. There needs to be an element that gives you the right and the authority to be listened to. Solomon met her in the natural world she lived in, first with his excellence. That gave him a platform. His performance gave him great influence. Not just anybody could reach the Queen of Sheba, because she was all unto herself in her own world. There are people in the business community that a pastor will never be able to reach. But there are those in this room, if you will be excellent, work with excellence, you will arise and shine where you are. You will stand up and stand out, and it gives you influence. They're not interested in your pastor, but they're watching you. And you have your family together, and your marriages together, and they're having trouble. They may have wealth, but there's something missing that you possess. It's Jesus. But because of your spirit of excellence, you have gained influence with those in your world. And when the door opens, you present Jesus. You've opened the door naturally, so you have a platform to speak spiritually. And the Queen of Sheba was then able to come to Solomon because he created such excellence that she could now ask him the hard questions. And she asked them the hard questions, and it says, Solomon answered all her questions. Wow. Once she saw his excellent performance, there was a platform from which he could speak. He didn't have to chase her with a Bible or a tract telling her, you need to convert or you're going to hell. His business ability is what did that. And she started asking him hard questions. When he answered all her questions, listen to what she says. Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord has loved Israel forever, therefore he made you king to do justice and mercy. So immediately, the connection spiritually was made. It's like somebody coming to you at work and saying to you, I'm not a religious person. But could you pray for me? We're having a health crisis in our family. Could you ask the man upstairs to please help me? That will start, listen, that, they will start asking you the hard questions. And that's how the door is opened. Relational evangelism. You're building relationships. You don't earn the right to be listened to because of your failures. You earn the right to be listened to because of your successes. And the Queen of Sheba could not be reached by just anybody. If she would have shown up at the palace of Solomon and weeds were growing everywhere and the palace was unclean and there were shabby-looking facilities and people around, hanging around the palace were unenthused. People just stood around, you know, you showed up on the campus and, and, and you kind of look at them like, well, what do you want? Well, open the door for yourself. If that were the attitude she encountered... Can you imagine if she had shown up at that place and it looked like that and they acted like that, broken down, messed up, bad attitudes, slovenly? That stuff matters. Perception is reality. There's no joy. 
There's no enthusiasm. I promise you, she would never have asked Solomon the hard questions. It's time to arise and shine. We live in a world that's growing darker by the day. And stand up and stand out. We've got the light in us. It says in verse 3, when you display a spirit of excellence, the law shall come to your light. The Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. They will take note. God wants to raise up people in the business community. God wants to raise you up in your purpose. Whether in construction, a mechanic, a nurse, an educator, real estate, or finance. Whatever it is God's assigned for you to do. Why don't you ask God for an anointing so that you stand up and stand out. Anoint me with a spirit of excellence. So my light will shine in this dark world. People will be drawn to you. And then you can share your secret. Not because you beat them up with your Bible, but because they were drawn to your spirit of excellence. Your light will shine wherever you are. All too often, the world has come to expect the church to be second rate. That's a sad commentary. Some expect when they come to a church, there's a tired children's ministry going on. Not here. It's enthusiastic. That the equipment's falling apart. Not here. No. That the lawn and shrubs are all unkempt. Not here. That the bathrooms are not clean. Not here. That babysitting our students instead of real ministry happening, we just sit with them for an hour or two on Wednesday night, but there's no real... Listen, not here. The bulbs are burned out and not replaced. Not here. That the audio system is dysfunctional. Not here. People have come, unfortunately, to expect that in the typical church of the day, that it's second rate, that bulletins will have misspelled words in them, websites that haven't been updated for weeks. Listen, I can't stand that stuff. I can't stand dirty bathrooms and unkept property and sloppy preparation. Whatever we do for the Lord, we do with joy, enthusiasm, and excellence. We do it for the King. Obviously, in our world and culture, there are Christians who don't look at it like this. They just don't. Generally, their churches reflect that. They're going to go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. But here's a great secret. Don't tell them yet. But everything there is excellent. No shabby there. Excellent. Might be a good idea to kind of get used to going that direction. Yeah. But if we're going to do something in Jesus' name, remember, we're doing it for the King of glory. Make it beautiful. Make it as best you can. I cannot handle cheesy church stuff. Knowing God and His Word, I don't think He does either. And this is a principle. When we become excellent at what we do, we begin to rise and shine. You stand up. You stand out. And when you go to college on a scholarship... Determine while you're there. Create a platform of influence so people know who you are and why you're there. I mentioned last week. That's why you need to get this message from last week. When God sent Jesus to come to redeem us, he did not place Jesus in the home of a priest. He didn't place him in a home with one of these great spiritual atmospheres that you might find in the home of one who attended the temple of God. No. The father placed Jesus in a business atmosphere. He was a carpenter's son. 
Jesus was placed in the home of a businessman to be raised by a carpenter. In our home, while we have a lot of balance and we have a lot of joy and laughter, and and we speak, of course, of things of the church. That's kind of the center of our conversation. It's material needs in the church, our future church, and its mission about some of you. Church music. In Jesus' home, here's the conversation. Did we get the contract this week? God said, I want my son to be raised in a business environment. I want him to be able to do business with excellence. And until Jesus was 30, he was dealing with orders coming in, delivery, billing, lumber, nails, working with his hands. No sermons, no miracles recorded. What did Jesus do? He worked in business. And I'm saying to Calvary Christian Center, you know, it's great that, that we, we have a cross in our church and we celebrate communion and we remember the cross. It's central to everything that we do, that we believe, and that's, that's the center post of everything that comes out of ministry is Jesus' death and burial and resurrection. And, and, but remember this. We need to get some crosses out in the marketplace. Jesus took his cross down the Via Della Rosa, right through the business district of Jerusalem, not on back streets somewhere, not hidden where people could not see him and his cross, because Jesus wanted the message in the secular business world out of which he came. You carry your responsibilities into the marketplaces with a spirit of excellence. Arise, shine, stand up, stand out. Be excellent in what you do. Be excellent in your attitude. When you do, your light will shine. The people you work with don't care who your pastor is. They care about what they see in your life at work every day. So Jesus put it like this. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, listen to this. Let your light shine, so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Create that platform of doing so well that they'll know there's one person only who gets the glory in this. It's the Lord. They may not read the Bible, but they are reading you. This is a great opportunity at Christmas. Arise, shine, the light has come. Get those flyers. Invite your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers. Be my guest in either one of those two Sunday night productions. Come and hear this theme of Christmas, the great Christmas music, the dramas, the children, the laughter. Come and join us. Be my guest. Meet them for a cup of coffee. Sit him down next to you. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works. If you've got influence with them, use it during this season. If you've created a platform by the excellence with which you've conducted yourself, you have a platform. Use it. It's always to be used for one specific holy purpose, to bring people to Jesus. Bring them to the light. Now, I'm not going to end this message today with a tearjerker story. 
I have delivered to you our responsibility to our culture. The end.